Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Strictly Wrestling. I believe that's the name. That's our, our temporary name for now. This is episode zero. The test, the pilot. We're just getting our feet wet. We're going to see how this goes. I'm joined by the host of The Run Down. You know him from our YouTube channel. You know him from our post games, Tyrese London. Yep, uh, doing good. Uh, doing good. <laughs> Episode zero, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah, doing good. Uh, great rumble. Well, not great rumble, but great women's rumble, at least. And positive all around, I'd say. Also joined by the big boss, the editor, the, the chief, the editor and chief, Alex Wolf. How are you? What up? Yeah, I thought it was a, the men's rumble was a little underwhelming, but, you know, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into all the craziness of the Royal Rumble, we have some some business to handle. It is playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. And Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, head to Bet Online today and stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Is that a fresh slogan? Did they, they change that? The Strickland also has an Instagram. I run it. I'm going crazy on there. We're turning it up. Make sure you drop a follow. We have stuff that's on there that you won't see on the Twitter, that you won't see on our other platforms, and it's a fun time. We've got all, it's like we have a whole new audience on there that we don't even get to see on Twitter. So it's a great little space we've carved out for ourselves on there. We also have a YouTube channel where you may be watching the Patreon preview for this pod. We've also got plenty of live shows, pods, and everything in between on that channel. Make sure you hit subscribe and like this video. We also have a Patreon where you can get the full version of this pod, I think. We're not sure if this will be on Patreon or if this will be free. We'll determine that later. You also get access to lots of other pods hosted by Schwinn, hosted by me, hosted by Alex, hosted by Tyree sometimes even. And you get access to feature articles and all kinds of great stuff. Now we're here. The Royal Rumble just happened. It was only four matches on the card, but it went really long. It was like a four and a half hour event. Didn't really, maybe almost five hour event. Started with the Women's Royal Rumble, which you could probably say was the highlight, or in my opinion, the best match on the card. Um, I have all the entrants written down. I have all the people who eliminated them written down. We could go one by one, but I want to get your knee-jerk reactions first before we go into the nitty-gritty. Tyrese, you want to go first? Jade Cargill! <laughs> yes. Jade Cargill is, like, she looks like money, dude. Like she came out, the crowd popped. Um, the moment with Nia was great. Like they did that perfectly. They did they built up Nia throughout the match and they immediately had her like lift her and then eliminate her. Like that was fantastic. She eliminated Becky as well. Like they gave her a rocket strap. It was great. And then she was final three as well. She was, yeah. Yep. So I feel like that Bianca match is gonna happen. I think that happens at Mania, and that would be that would be great TV. Like I would be I'd be so happy to see that match like night two. Like that could be an event, honestly. But it probably won't, but that has potential to main event. It's that good. Yeah, it doesn't need a title either. And the way they set that up, it's just two titans of the women's wrestling industry, and it will it will kill no matter where you put it on the card. I mean, Alex, like, what do you think of the women's rumble? Yeah, I mean that potential match is like the women's equivalent of like if like Goldberg Lesnar was ever done well. You know, like that's like that level of like the two powerhouses like going at each other, just like 
seeing who could be strongest or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I think the Jade part was great. Um, seeing her come in, she looks like she's been working on her game a bit too. Like, yep. Cause I, I watched her a lot in AEW and like, she was, she was very Goldberg ish in that she would kind of come out. She had like three, four moves and she would just work squash matches all the time and never really got to show a, a big, uh, a breath of, of work, you know, and, and of moves and a big move set or anything. She started working some stuff in right towards the end. I mean, ironically, like AEW on her way out, like she wound up having her best match, I think, of her entire career, which was uh, against Statlander and like actually showed some stuff where I was like, damn, she looks like she's really been working on things. And she was literally one foot out the door to WWE already. Uh, so they had her just come in, work that one match, put Stat over and then and then go over. And yeah, I mean, I, I think she looks like she's been working on her craft a lot. The Performance Center works, clearly. I mean, I was... When she first went over there, I was like, she should go to the performance center and not get on TV right away because she's she's still raw, uh, physically massively impressive, but just hasn't quite figured out the wrestling yet. But I, I thought she did a really good job, hit some cool spots, uh, you know, setting her up. It was it was the best way that they could have put her out there and like gotten her over immediately with this new crowd who already were excited because of the couple of little spots where they had her kind of like playing the free agency card and whatever, but. Oh no, it was sound. It was it was a good debut for her. I think that was definitely the highlight. Yeah, I think every decision they've made with Jade since she signed the contract, whether it's been like showing her leaving limousines and Chevy Suburbans or having her do the whole free agency thing where she was like this coveted asset to go to Raw or SmackDown or even NXT, and then keeping her off TV for a while and keeping her as like this mysterious character that's lurking in the background and just waiting to take over this division. I thought that all worked really well. And then putting her at, I think she came in at 20. Yeah, she came in at 28, which was like a big, big spot for her. And the crowd went absolutely nuts. And she like just looks like a superhero. She looks like a action figure. She doesn't even look like a real person at this point. It's totally, she's also just taller than everybody else, which was huge. And like, she just looks like such an imposing figure. And I thought her gear was awesome. Her makeup was awesome. And just Triple H said this in the presser, but like the, the word we're using, the aura that she carried on her way to the ring was unbelievable. Beyond Jade, though, there was 29 other women in this match that were also awesome. It started with Natalia at one, which was kind of an interesting choice. And Natalia has, like, become this veteran who just puts over all the young talent and is clearly, like, on her way out. But she's great in this new, like, put-over-whoever role and is, like, just be here, do your regular Natalia stuff, which was awesome. And then at number two, we had Naomi return, finally, after being away for three years. She was a TNA uh, knockouts champion for a while, and now she dropped that belt at the most recent pay-per-view. I can't remember the name Hard of it. Hard to kill. Hard to kill. It was like two weeks ago, right, or three weeks ago? Yeah. I I think everybody saw that Naomi returned coming. It was kind of like in the reports, but I didn't see it coming at number two. So that was kind of like a catch-me-off-guard early return. And, you know, I think I got my hopes up a little bit because I thought that like, I knew we were due for one or two, like, big women's returns in this. And I thought the fact that they put Naomi at the beginning meant we were due for, like, some massive return at the end, whether it was, like, Sasha Banks or AJ Lee or some other, like, big A-lister star. So I think putting Naomi there was a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a mistake, but it definitely confused me and made me think that something else massive was coming at the end, even though Jade is pretty massive and Liv Morgan at 30 was huge, too. But I was a little bit underwhelmed there. At number three, you had Bailey who came in, and eventually she was the winner of this Rumble. And she also, I don't know if she was the Iron Woman, but she was certainly one of the longest lasting women. She was Iron like, Woman, yeah. Yeah, she was either the Iron Woman or Naomi may have outlasted her by like a minute or two. I'm not sure how that how that worked, but she was definitely one of the top two. Uh, Candice LeRae was in there for a little bit. 
easy limb. And then at number five, you had Jordan Grace, who is the TNA Knockouts champion, the person who uh, beat Naomi for that title three weeks ago at that pay-per-view. I can't remember the name of already. Yeah. And uh, Jordan and Naomi had like a face-off in there. Uh, big moment for TNA. It's cool that like TNA and WWE seem to have like this working relationship now. And forbidden door, baby. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna have like a fit forbidden door type of pay per view or something. But this is the second year in a row where we've had like the TNA Knockouts champ show up at the Rumble and like do shit. So that was pretty cool. Um, you had Indy Hartwell in there for a little bit. Asuka, I thought was a little underused, kind of eliminated quickly, and she's continuing this type of descent from what she once was, which I I'm not a huge fan of how she's been booked in the past two years after. She was just a titan of NXT and a titan when she first debuted on the main roster. Uh, you had Katana Chance. Bianca came in at 10. Kyrie Sane came in at 11. Tegan Knox at 12. You had a, a few names like through 12 through 17 that were kind of lower card people. Maxine Dupree looked awesome, she, as she always does. And the shoosh thing is still getting her a huge pop. At, she came in at uh, 18. Nia Jax comes in at 19, and she is also just on a tear right now. And they built her up really, really well. Had her get a couple massive eliminations, and I thought that whole thing, having Jade come in and be the one that eliminates Nia, was a very good booking decision. Becky comes in at 21, who was my pick to win this. Unfortunately, I smoked that pick. Uh, Alba Fire comes in at 22. Shayna Baszler at 23. I don't know, kind of zipping all through, zipping through these, but Jade at 28. Tiffany Stratton at 29 was an awesome, huge pop, and she is just stupidly over right now. And Liv Morgan at 30 was also just a ground-shaking pop. I don't know any names I went through there that jumped out to you. Any uh, any thoughts that I missed? Roxanne I mean, having Perez. Jordan Grace come out is interesting. And oh, Roxanne sorry. Perez at 27. I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed that yeah. one. Yeah. I, Jordan Grace coming out was interesting. Yeah. I, I am really curious what's happening with – because, like, TNA uh, uses the same uh, uh, Endeavor or whatever, like, uh, distribution platform now for, like, their TNA service as – wwe does or like the it's owned by endeavor and tko and all that shit um so it's it's kind of interesting i'm I'm curious like we didn't see anything like that in the men's rumble so i'm curious if this is just the thing they're going to do every year where they just allow the knockouts champion to come over but like last year made more sense it was mickey james and it's like well she's had history with wwe obviously so like it's obvious why you bring her over like jordan grace never been there before so like Unless I'm bugging, right? She's never been in WWE. I'm pretty sure she hasn't been in there. And she got a pretty yeah. good pop for somebody that isn't isn't really known with this casual audience. So that was yeah, cool. yeah. Like she's a pretty she's probably their most recognizable name. I feel like like because she's like big on social media and shit and whatever. So I don't know. It was it was interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how the relationship's gonna go, especially because like I I don't know. There's like such a weird it, like AW for a while was sort of like the uniter of all of like the small brands but now it seems like tna is kind of going towards wwe like if they legitimately work out something where they can send people there almost like almost like like send them from nxt to tna for a bit to like go be a star in tna and like really get their shit together and then be able to call them up to the main roster kind of thing like that would be a cool relationship to have but tna is a weird company man because like they have they have some kind of younger up and coming guys but like they also just have a bunch of like older people that are like like never work like alex shelley is not going to win a, a world title in aw wwe like any of those promotions but he could be world champion in tna and it's cool because he's like an x division legend and shit so it's i don't know it's it, it'll be interesting to see how that that relationship develops uh just from like the nerdy 
wrestling business side of things but uh having having jordan in there was a was an interesting thing especially because they didn't like just have her show up and like just get immediately thrown out or something like she actually yeah, they made her look good yeah yeah maybe uh maybe next year we'll get dolph ziggler as tna champ making his return with a tna belt or something that would be that would be the next level for this yeah. would he go by nick nemeth though or would he go by dolph ziggler that's my question <laughs> Good question. We can answer next year around this time. <laughs> Honestly, like I thought, like Josh Christopher or somebody would would be like in the men's rumble, and I was surprised they weren't. Um, but I mean, for the women's rumble, I think like that cross pollination between TNA, TNA knockouts and the women's roster is like pretty good. Um, and it's weird because like TNA, well, Impact at the time was like with AEW. I remember Christian being Impact World Champion and like fighting in AEW, and then Kenny Omega beat him for the title. So it was like. I thought that would be their thing, but it seems like, um, as Alex said, they are going to like use WWE more as like a cross pollination thing. Um, I think something went bad there at some point between TNA and AEW because they had the Machine Guns come over and do a tag match too at one point. Yeah. In in AEW, I think that was the last time they ever did a crossover with them though, and it was they were they had a whole thing going on and just like went away and now they like barely acknowledge one another anymore. It's interesting. Interesting. Um, the women's rumble ended with a final three of Bailey, Jay Cargo, Liv Morgan, two, uh, three massive stars. I like the way that that was the final three. And then Bailey kind of quickly eliminated them both, like on, after some like side of apron battling. And uh, it was a high tension moment and it was cool. And Bailey had that. I feel like Bailey might not have been like everybody's pick and maybe everybody's like favorite option or like the crazy storyline option for this, but she is somebody that's like worked every house show has put over young talent for so long and like deserves a moment like this. And I think a big difference between triple H and Vince's booking is that Vince would kind of just like, I think this is, we're going to get a little ahead of ourselves here, but I think Vince would have had punk witness, even if punk like ha had it deserved it or had it put in the work and doesn't look as amazing. He would have just put it on the person who has like the crazier storyline. And I think triple H is actually rewarding great work. And I think Bailey is like putting in all the hours and traveling and doing all these smaller shows and triple H is actually rewarding that. And if you, like maybe it's not gonna create the biggest pops right now, but if you create a culture where like good work is rewarded, you're gonna get better work from all your employees, and like you're gonna just create an environment where the work is valued, and guys aren't just, or guys and girls aren't just like wasting away time here. Um, was there anything else from the women's rumble that you guys had before we go into LA Knight, AJ, Randy, and Roman? I mean, I mean, who, I, uh, go ahead, Tyrese. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I feel like it was the right winner. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Bailey does. I do think the damage girl. Damage Girl still turns. Yeah. I will, it'll be interesting to see how they phrase the turn, though, because they might be like, well, Asuka and Kyrie helped out or whatever, and they might like kick her out because of that, and that's how she picks EO. Because I do think it'll be ba Bailey EO at WrestleMania, so it'll just be I, interesting to see how that works out. I also think it's going to be Bailey EO. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get like a ripple in the damage control storyline during this match. And they like built up damage control as a unit in the earlier in the match. Like they had an elimination or two eliminations together, like as a group. And I was like, Oh, here, here, what they're doing here is like, they're going to make the group look strong right now. And then, you know, in 15, 20 minutes, like somebody's going to accidentally hit somebody or something's going to like accidentally go wrong. And like, that'll be the turn. And I felt like we would get like, the damage control breakup during this match, but it didn't look like that. And everybody else got eliminated. Bailey's just in there mm -hmm. by herself for a while, really. And I guess we'll have to wait till SmackDown to see that. Yeah, I was wondering who she's going to challenge too. I feel like that is the match they're going to do, but it's going to be interesting to see how they set it up. Because it seems like they're very obviously setting up Becky Lynch versus um, Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania too, I think. So yeah, 
I mean, unless they want to just blow that up and turn that into like a three-way and, you know, have it be like, oh, Bailey's trying to get all, uh, you know, all the titles to her group, you know, sort of thing. But then you're splitting them up between brands and it's like, doesn't make yeah, sense. I don't think that's the way they'll do it. Yeah. Um, so let's say you have Bailey versus EO on night one or night two. And then the opposite one is Rhea and Becky. And then you probably get Jade and Bianca somewhere that kind of leaves Liv Morgan just around and she was made to look really good and she's like the number 30 entrant she probably won't get a title shot this year yeah she will i think think at at mania or this uh, this year was bad i think at mania she won't i think this year she might they might do a triple threat for that with bailey and eo or somewhere else with Rhea and becky with Rhea and becky okay that's interesting that's interesting shout yeah i could that's interesting shout i don't know is there anybody else that like is a potential live feud no tiffany stratton I don't, think they would, did they? I don't think they would have her work mania though. Yeah, not yet. A little early for her. And she wouldn't be on NXT. That makes no sense. So yeah. like I could see her getting into that match somehow. Cool. Yeah, they're they're super high on her. And like putting her at 30 was not like an accident or a mistake. Like they definitely have some big plans for her in the future. And she got a massive pop and the audience loves her. So I don't know. Any last notes on the women's rumble? I thought it was awesome. I thought it gets like an A for me. It gets like a B plus or an A and A minus somewhere in there. It was a very, very great start to the show. And I'm glad that the women's rumble seems to get better and better every year. So mm-hmm. next was the final four for the WWE undisputed universal heavyweight championship. Um, shocker. Roman Reigns retains in case you thought in case you thought the title was changing hands here. And nobody thought that. But it was LA Knight, AJ Styles, Randy Orton in there with them. And this match started off slow. I thought the entrances were fine. But it got some real heat picked up when Randy started hitting these RKOs out of nowhere. There was one spe- uh, spear that he turned into an RKO. And the camera work for them was really working pretty well. And I thought it did get some really great heat towards those last 10 minutes. You had a typical Solo Sokoa interference. The ref can't see him. You know, the camera work is really good where you don't see Solo enter. It was very, very standard for Roman. But... Roman retains after the solo interference. Randy had a moment where like he could have pinned Roman and uh, it looked like that, but solo bailed him out and Roman retains. What'd you guys think? I, I like Roman the RKO's. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tyrese. Um, yeah, it was just like typical Roman match. I wasn't too like... It kind of feels like they're building Randy solo and they're also building like LA Knight versus AJ Styles and it kind of feels like that's how they're going to use... The, the rumble match like set that up um yeah otherwise they're like standard roman match like it was fine yeah alex what do you think yeah the rkos were great i mean that was my favorite part of the whole match i mean just getting to see him just pull the you know the rko out of nowhere on three straight i'm like that was cool yeah. i thought the the part where like solo was like spiking everybody and then stacking them up i was like this is a little overproduced like i'm like i don't know i i always look at stuff like that and i know you're not supposed to look at wrestling like through a common sense lens but i'm like if this dude can hit the spike on someone and then they'll sit there like ko'd for like four minutes while he tracks down the third guy to put on the stack like why is this guy not the champion of everything at this point like he could hit that one spike and like knock somebody out for four minutes at a time uh, it just seems silly, but yeah, it was, I mean, 
I've watched, I, I don't watch WWE all the time. I've watched like a number of Roman's matches though. And this is obviously just how they always go. It's like, he never wins clean. It's always with interference. They, I did like that. They played up the no DQ thing. Finally, like after solo yeah. got involved, then it was like, Oh, now AJ's just going to take a chair and just go fucking wild on everybody. Um, yeah. that was fun, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, pretty standard fare. It seemed like. I think it's interesting because I was talking to Schwinn during this and like Schwinn is checked out of wrestling, like doesn't watch most pay-per-views, doesn't watch any TV. And he was like totally eating up the Roman match. I was like, Oh, this was awesome. That was a great fucking match. And I was like, that kind of felt like a standard Roman match. And he was like, he was like, well, you don't understand. Like, I don't know what a standard Roman match is, so I'm allowed to enjoy it. And I was like, okay, well relax. And I was like, yeah, it still is a standard Roman match. And, Hey, they were all great. Like Roman matches, like even if they're just an average one, like they're always going to be great. And he is just such a great, like on camera personality and just such a great wrestler in every way that word can be described. Um, but yeah, that match was just kind of whatever. And it happened. And I think Tyrese, you said they're setting up like uh solo versus Randy next. I think they're just going to do Roman Randy. And I think, I don't know if it'll be at Perth, but I think that will happen very, very soon. And like the fact that Roman, like uh, Randy, I'm sorry, like had a chance to pin Roman and solo bails him out. I could totally see Randy showing up and being like, hey, I should be the champion right now. You know, like this typical like Roman get you out, get out of jail free card type of thing. But we'll see where that goes. It's probably just going to be, I mean, we'll get to men's rumble next, but Roman Cody. And I don't know if Roman will team, but we'll talk about that later. Next was Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens for the United States title. This kind of was a weird spot on the card. I was kind of confused why this... I thought maybe this would kick off the show or, like, be second. And then this ended up being, like, the co-main event, as what WWE has been saying. And, like, they put this after the... Like, they put the U.S. title after, like, the World Heavyweight title or the Universal title. And that was a little bit weird. But whatever. This match lived up to that and lived up to his position on the card. And I thought this was a better match than the Final Four. Um, Logan Paul is just a phenomenal wrestler and he just continues to prove it every single time. Like this guy is amazing on the mic. He's amazing in the ring. He flies across, he flies up and down. This guy is an incredible athlete. Um, eventually you have one of Logan Paul's like guys. I don't know if it was one of his podcast people or just one of his like goons in his entourage, but uh, he distracts the ref. And then as the ref is distracted, you get Grayson Waller and Austin theory who run down to the ring with the brass knuckles they give Logan the brass knuckles. He hits Kevin. I think Kevin like took those brass knuckles too. It looked like it looked really good that spot. And then KO is like ripping the brass knuckles off of Logan's hand. And then right when KO is about to hit Logan, the ref sees it. We get to like 2.99 on the count before the ref is like pointing at the brass knuckles. KO gets DQ'd. Logan retains. And that was it. I thought that match had some really, really great energy. I thought the ending was pretty creative and it kept both of them looking really strong. Because you can't have, like, KO just lose, like, this fucking YouTuber. Like, it's he still is, like, a, a part-time YouTuber. And, like, you can't have KO just, like, completely, like, get taken down by him. But uh, what do you guys think of that, Tyrese? you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. Um, I thought the ending was really good because, like you said, like, you can't have KO lose to him. And you need Logan Paul to retain. So it was a way to get KO disqualified, which was I thought was an interesting twist. I thought Logan would be the one getting disqualified. Yeah, uh... This was supposed to be the cooldown match, and it was actually really good. Like, usually you put this match here before the main event to kind of be like, okay, this is your bathroom break or whatever, or this is the way for you to, like, kind of, I don't know how to say it, but, like, yeah, it was strange. It was strange. But I liked it. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I I thought this match was better than the, the Universal 
title match for sure. Like it was, I, I thought it was better produced. Like the it had cool spots. The spot where they were like, you can't suplex Kevin Owens, and then it like looks like he, and then you know Logan points over is like, you said I couldn't do it. Screw you, man. And then like goes to do it, and then that reversal into like turning it into a spinning superplex the other way by Owens. That was a sick spot, man. Like that's like he's he's one of the better like wrestlers like in that company like just oh, being able yeah. to turn turn spots like that like and and just pull that shit off and make it work but like logan paul man i'm not like a huge fan of logan paul the person but yeah he's a really fucking good professional wrestler i mean yeah. it's it's super easy for him to also like for all the people like me that don't really like him it's like he's always just going to be the like smarmy shit heel anyway so like he could play that character perfectly like he's good on the mic he's got charisma he's super athletic like he's so freaking good at, at just everything he doesn't pull off the best buckshot ever, but he tries. Uh, but yeah, he's. It was cool. I liked the finish a lot too. I thought the finish was very creative. Yeah. Um, like I didn't really see it coming. Like you actually thought that it was going to be like, like oh okay maybe they're about to move the strap over because it's like Logan you know is not like really a full timer too. So you know you can only have so many part time champions and you know you don't you, you can't necessarily have like every single one of your major championships occupied by someone who's only going to be there every once in a while. And like with Rollins now going to be out for a while, like nursing his knee and like Roman being Roman, like, you know, it's like, okay, now the next, next level, like mid card championship is also held by a, a part-timer. Like it's like, you know, you thought maybe they would pull that off, but the way that they did it with the ref, like, one two and then being like hey hold on what's that on your hand oh you're done yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. they, they got not not his own idea it was it was solid it was it was a very good finish i like that yeah. match a lot. there's also a great spot where ko goes for like a swanton off top rope and i think logan got his knees up at like the perfect last like tenth of a second and like that's just shit you can't teach like logan really has like his instincts and his timing down and it's it's like he was just made to be a wrestler and not a whatever influencer Thing that he is and then Lo wasn't there didn't then logan runs over to the other side and attempts a swanton and misses it yes yes yeah, yeah. and he great. just like that face planted too like he yeah. took that that was crazy yeah. the double the double uh swanton fail it was, that yeah. was that was an entertaining spot too it was just like a very well produced match i just thought that it was it you know had great ups and downs they had the the stuff on the outside and everything too like everything was good i i thought it was very solid yeah, this wasn't really teased during the match, but I think, and like I've had this thought for a while, and like the direction we're going with this Logan US title run is I think we'll get Logan versus LA Knight at Mania. And I think LA Knight will win and get that title and have like an LA Knight WrestleMania moment and hold that US title up and finally be like the mega face that takes, takes down Logan Paul. But there's probably one or two defenses until then. I think they have the Saudi show and they have the Perth show. I wouldn't be surprised if Grayson Waller is one of those opponents. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's in Australia because, you know, Grayson Waller will get a massive pop in Australia no matter what you have him doing. And he'll just be a good person to, like, take an L to Logan and keep Logan going. I don't know who the next person will be, though, after that and before LA Knight. Any ideas? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I know they only have one show before Mania, which is the birth show. So... Yeah. Yeah, I think you do run like I don't would they do heel versus heel? I don't think they would do heel versus heel. With who? I mean uh with Logan versus Grayson. Oh I, yeah, but he's like Grayson yeah plays a heel, but he would be a face like in front of that Perth crowd. Like they would be all over him over there. So I guess. I don't know. But like it'd be weird because like, he just tried to help him retain. 
Yeah, I don't and know. They have like, to turn, and there's a way. It's a weird way to get there, but I just think Grayson has to have a match in Perth just because he's Australian, and like the crowd will fair. go crazy yeah. for that. So I think that's just a way to work him in there that can be safe. But there is stuff that has to get done to get there. I yep. mean, do you think whoever else they would have him face, they would want him to face someone like of like not super high stature? Like I'm trying to think who the person would be like that's like presents a threat, quote unquote, but also like you know for sure that he's going to beat. Like just so Bobby. Yeah, you just, maybe yeah. Bobby, yeah. Yeah. Would there there are a few different ways they can go. <laughs> yeah, I think Bobby, like they probably want to give Bobby a shot at Roman later this year. Yeah. I think I, I, I can't we'll, wait we'll to get, get my, my takes on Bobby in the rumble. I was so upset. Yeah, let's 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 get to it. <laughs> now we've gotten through the the first three. We can talk about the men's world rumble now. And um it ends with Cody, Punk, Gunther, Drew in the final four. Who could have predicted that? I could have. If you look at our predictions, I had that final four. I nailed it. I nailed the prediction with the final four. Uh, Punk eliminates Drew. Cody eliminates Gunther. And you get the Cody, Punk face-off, just like we had on Monday Night Raw. And they had like a 10-minute match when it was just yep. them two in the ring. And like they, I don't know, I think WWE wanted a little bit more out of that 10 minutes. And I think they expected Punk to like be prime Punk. And he wasn't. And like, listen, if you're expecting Punk to like look like some zippy up and down fluid athletic wrestler in 2024, just go watch the AEW tape. Like you, you know what you're getting out of like this version of Punk and expecting him to like carry a 10 minute one-on-one match, which is really what it was like during those last 10 minutes of the rumble. I don't know. I don't think that landed as well as WWE had anticipated. Uh, any thoughts on the finish before we go like one by one with all these entrants? I'll go. I think Punk's kind of yeah, washed, man. I'm I'm ready to call it. I'm ready to call it. He's washed. Uh, like in the ring, he is. I mean, on the mic, he'll always be himself, but yeah, in the ring, he's he's pretty washed, man. Like you know, I I didn't want to. I wanted this run to be different, like in WWE too, because like. I watched him in AEW. That was like part of what got me back into AEW again, like was when Punk came back because I, I was a huge Punk fan back to like ECW days, you know, like back in like 2006. And uh, and so I was I was pretty hyped when he came back because I looked and I'm like, damn, all right, he actually does look like he finally put in some work in the gym. Like maybe he won't get injured in five seconds this time. Uh, although one of his AEW injuries was entirely self-inflicted by jumping into a crowd and like breaking his foot on a guardrail. Um, which is insane, but fucking man, he's just I, for all this time. It's like, dude, you've had, I mean, two months now to since Survivor Series to like, okay, let's say you weren't totally in prime shape then. They only gave him one tune up match, like only one, you know, match. And it wasn't it's, even televised. It's two. Oh, it's he's had two so that. far. My bad. Yeah. So two matches, neither of them televised though, right? Like this was his first televised yeah, yeah. match. And it's like, I don't know, man. He just, he doesn't look like he has the juice anymore. Like everything looks like it's so strained for him. Like even just getting up Cody for a GTS, like when he, when he went for the GTS, I'm like, you can't, you can't even pull this spot off where it looks like you're hitting someone in their face anymore. Like the GTS is now like, Oh, I'm going to kick you in your sternum. Like that's, that's the whole move at this point. I, I don't know. He just, it didn't do it for me. And I, I don't know the finish in general. I was just like, well, this is just so predictable. It was like, I don't know. It's like you guys literally telegraph this. Like the the whole I got I got fooled, man, by like all the shit coming out ahead of time, being like, this could be like a like this is gonna hit like crack the end of this show, like blah blah blah. I convinced myself I was like, okay, well that's it. The rock's gonna come in at number 30 
and he's going to clean house and he, and then he's going to point to the WrestleMania sign and be like, okay, Roman Reigns, the rock WrestleMania, let's fucking book it. And then it's just like, oh, it's exactly what they telegraphed was going to happen on Monday night. Raw happened. And now that's what we're doing. So <laughs> I don't know, it was, but punk did not, did not impress me a lot, which is disappointing because I freaking love punk, but it's, he doesn't look any better than he did in AW, which is not good. Yeah, I think he got hurt again. He, like he was like grabbing at his arm, like he was grabbing on his arm again, and it's just like, dude, really? Yeah. I, if he's hurt again, then I don't know what Seth does at Mania. If he's hurt again, just make him, just make him a manager at this point. Like, make him a new Paul Heyman. <laughs> like, he can't wrestle anymore. That's Put him it. on commentary. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, honestly, like, yeah. <laughs> he's good at commentary yeah Have um, plays booker in nxt yeah. <laughs> even though he like got injured i would and like he looks slow i also just thought his conditioning and his cardio was definitely like nowhere near where it needed to be and like they had him enter late i think it was 27 or 28 he was uh yeah he was 27 mm-hmm. and like by the time it got down to him and cody which was only 10 minutes maybe eight minutes after like he entered he looked winded and like you he could just dead. tell like this guy was just like pan- he looked like Mitchell Robinson like early season. I was like, holy yeah. moly, this, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, he and, gotta uh, get on a treadmill, stairmaster, yeah. something, man. He gotta get that endurance up. Like he's he he did. He looked win he looked winded and weak. Like the yeah. two a really bad combo. <laughs> like yeah. he looked very out of his depth in this match. Like it was not good. Before we do the fantasy booking and complain about the ending. I want to go through like some of the entrance because there were some really great entrants and there were some really great spots in this match. And I do think it was a little bit diluted by a poor finish, but let's give it some credit. It started with Jay and Jimmy, Uso versus Uso, one and two, which I thought was an awesome decision. And I think we're going to get like the Uso versus Uso match now at Mania. And I think that all but confirms it, putting those two right there. And like the moment they had was really fucking cool. Then you get Grayson Waller at three, who does like a mini Grayson Waller effect promo, which is funny. And I, I think Grayson is a pretty awesome character to have, and he's really, really good on the mic. And it was a interesting, like having him with the Usos. Like we haven't really, they haven't crossed over much lately, so that was cool. And then you have Andrade coming in at four, which everybody saw coming, and like everybody knew he would be here. But at four, kind of caught me off guard. I thought maybe that was like, I actually had a similar feeling to like the Naomi return, which is also really early. But even Naomi, people also like anticipated and Andrade was anticipated, but it still got a huge pop. Got a, He got like two pops. Really. He got the pop and he came out. And then when he took off the mask, it was like another pop, too. So he got like a, a bonus moment with that. And he looked pretty good in the ring. He wasn't like made up or like characterized to be some dominant force, but he'll he'll be around. He'll probably be one of those mid Carter guys who just like works every house show and like works every nine, nine o'clock middle hour of Raw. But uh, that was cool. Then you had Carmelo Hayes, who they really like, came in at five. Nakamura at six. Santos Escobar at seven, who is kind of getting hot now and like got a good pop when he came out. Karrion Cross at eight, who look, I actually like haven't watched much Karrion Cross in my life, and like that's not really by choice. Kind of just like he hasn't been featured on TV much, but now he's like in this new stable with um, is it with AOP? He's with right now, Tyrese. Is that yeah, it's AOP. They put him with. AOP was awesome in like NXT Black and Gold a while ago, but they have just not done anything in forever. And I think I like read somewhere that Triple H is like a big carrying cross guy, but I don't know like what that really means and like what they have planned for him. But he did get like a feature moment in this Rumble, so maybe they have something planned for him this year. Um, you get Dominic at nine, Carlito at ten. Yo, I actually like this is a a take. I think this Carlito run, like ever since he showed up at Backlash, like the Backlash moment was when this Carlito run peaked. 
everything since then has just been like useless. Like I I don't know what they're doing with Carlito here. Like people are like, oh, he's like gonna be like this massive like character, and he was always a great heel too. But now he's like this boring face who just like shows up whenever there's LWO stuff, and he like does his Apple bit, and that was it. I don't know. I think everything Carlito since Backlash has just fallen flat, and like I have not enjoyed much of it. But you know that happened. Bobby Lashley at eleven, who was cool. Ludwig Kaiser at twelve, who I think has really improved his character work and has really improved like, overall as a wrestler, and I think he will get like a moment this year. I don't know if he'll like turn on Gunter or if he'll get like a one-on-one with Gunter, but I think like Ludwig Kaiser, I think his time is coming and I think they're really high on him and I think they like him. Um, Fury at 13, who is just like fallen out of everything now. Balor at 14. He was cool. Cody at 15. Um, 16 was Bronson Reed who looked great and like carried two people on his back and made it look pretty easy. And that was a cool spot. Uh, Kofi at 17 we didn't get the Kofi spot I was like oh maybe this is the year we'll get like he'll he'll nail the Kofi spot because back-to-back rumbles it's like I don't want to call it a botch but like it, it didn't land and he like tried it and just couldn't get it so I thought maybe this would be the year we'd get like a really cool Kofi spot but that was just a pretty boring way he went out Gunther at 18 Ivar at 19 Braun Breaker at 20 who I thought looked tremendous tonight and he not tonight last night but uh Apparently he was like the Brock replacement. That's like been the reporting going around saying that he was the one who took Brock's spot and like everybody Braun eliminated was supposed to be eliminated by Brock. And then like when Braun got eliminated by Domini and like that was supposed to be Brock. Um, I like, I think questionable to have him get eliminated by Dom, but most of his eliminations himself were really, really cool. And he just looked great. He looked physically incredible. He was moving around awesomely. And uh, he, I think they did like a backstage promo where he was like, Monday Night Raw is my home. Like I'm the main or the main roster is my home. And uh, so he's by the looks of it has been called up and it's, it's due. And like, he had kind of like checked every box in NXT and maybe he's their new Brock. Like maybe not just in the rumble sense, but maybe he is that new, just physically imposing character who can always be a title threat. I like, I really liked what I saw from him. Omos at 21, Pat McAfee at 22, which w- I think was the worst rumble spot of any of men's or women's. Dude, it was comes pretty in. hilarious, though. It I, was I hilarious. Like, it was funny. Yeah, it, was, it was a good gag spot, but I was like, come on, are we serious? Like, this is at 22 when he comes in and he looks at Omos and he's like, oh, I'm not doing this. He his, looks at Omos his commentary when he breaker. got back, when he's like, did you see those guys? Do you see the size yeah. of that? <laughs> I'm not getting in that. That was pretty funny, man. It was a good dumb spot, sure. Yeah. And they then, hinted like, at it all online on commentary too. They were like, he was asking Cole, like, how long do you last in the Rumble? And Cole's like, yeah. one minute. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Well, and then like yeah. the the fake out of like where he got in for like half a sec and then was like, mm, and then did the fake and out did it again, leaving, yeah, and then got back in was like, no, nah, I could do this, and it was like, no, 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 I can't do it. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was pretty funny. And then when he sat down, uh, Michael Cole was like. I'm still the longest lasting announcer in Royal Rumble history at one minute and 24 seconds. Cause I think Pat only was in there for like 38 seconds or something like that. Yeah. But that did happen. I actually like my impression was that that was the Brock Lesnar spot. And they were just like, fuck, what are we going to do? Let's just give it to Pat McAfee. Like might as well. But uh, Meltzer is the one going around saying that Braun Breaker was the Brock Lesnar replacement. So maybe Pat was planned the whole time. Who will never know. JD McDonough at 23, who has just been like a gag character, and he's pretty good at being like the gag character. R Truth at 24, who is a silver lining of every WWE show, it feels like these days, and has become like the ultimate comedic relief character. We didn't even mention him in the Women's Rumble. He showed up in the Women's Rumble, 
uh, looked at Nia Jax and was like, "What the hell? This this is not the men's rumble." And then he got elim- got like eliminated by Nia Jax, which was a a funny spot. Um, shows up for real in the proper men's rumble. I don't remember who eliminated him. Oh, it was Damian Priest. So that's like a little Judgment Day thing. Like, is Truth in the Judgment Day? Is he not? I don't know. That's the line. Just- yeah. It though, I didn't even mention hilarious. that. Yet. The hot tag was ridiculous. He like thinks he's in a tag match. He's like looking at Dom for a hot tag, and it was great. It was great. And this then whole, Dom like, does it, yeah. <laughs> and he does the five moves to Duma Guther. Dude, I love R Truth. Yeah, R-Truth everything R Truth has done has been great, and he he was a he's bringing a breath of fresh air to a Judgment Day storyline that I think was getting a little bit tired, and I think this is a a nice chapter for them to have and like keep things moving for them. That was really cool. Uh, the Miz at 25, he was really just kind of a nothing burger in this Rumble. Damian Priest at 26, Senior Money in the Bank. Look, he's whatever. I don't think he's ever going to – he might cash it in, but I don't think he's a world champion. I just think, like, the main event picture is just too crowded for a guy like Damian Priest to hold a belt right now. So he'll probably lose his cash in whenever that happens. Uh, Punk at 27, that was really cool. I mean, we talked about it a lot. The moment was cool, though. Hearing his entrance was cool. His gear looked awesome and, like, just the feeling of seeing Punk in a fucking WWE Royal Rumble in 2024. It's nuts. Ricochet at 28, a little underwhelming for a 28. I thought they, that would be like a big, a bigger star, even though Ricochet is pretty awesome in the ring. Drew at 29. And then at 30, I'm sure Alex was sitting there waiting for like The Rock's music or something. I was sitting there thinking like, all right, MJF or The Rock or fucking Stone Cold or, or some crazy shit because – we had all seen like that. It was Boozer Wrestling or like BWE is like, this is going to hit like crack. This last thing will hit like crack. And I was like, so who will it be at 30? It better be somebody that will just absolutely floor me. And it, it was Sami Zayn. Like I, I wasn't floored. I love Sammy. He got a decent pop, but you know, it was a little bit underwhelming. And that's, that was our, we get to our finish. We get to the Cody Punk thing. Like we talked about Cody wins. He points to the sign. He made it pretty clear that he's going for Roman in case anybody thought he was like going for Seth. That wasn't going to happen. And uh, maybe he'll finish the story. That's where we're at. Yeah. I don't know. I thought they missed an opportunity. Like I, it, why did you bring the rock back? If you're not, if you're it just not made gonna, no sense. Yeah. yeah like, I think he just no wanted sense. to come back and do something. Right. But what's he going to do now? Like the rock is he a main event. He's going to run WWE TKO apparently. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, he'll just be the new. He's the EVP now. That's <laughs> his thing, I guess. The the board member. Again, it'll be the new corporation. I guess. I don't fucking know. Like, I, I don't get it, man. I, I would have brought him in. Like him at thirty made all the sense in the world. Like if they're, yeah. but you know, then because I I think you could have realistically just on merit made the case then to shoehorn Cody into that match and be like. Yeah. No, on merit, he deserves another shot. Like, whereas The Rock now, if they like shoehorn The Rock into this, it's like, okay, let's talk about Nepo, baby. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what is he done? The Rock, you're not gonna yeah. care, right? But you won't care. But it's like he hasn't wrestled in forever, and then like it's like, oh, by the way, you could just get like shoehorned into this title match. Like, it would have made, it would have been way better. I feel like to have after that whole thing with Cody and Punk to have it look like it's going to be that and that's going to be those two and then fucking the rock comes down and it's just like by the way i'm the fucking rock throw both of them out be like boom done like that's it you know i'm i'm going to wrestlemania and then you know find some way to get cody still into the story there because isn't there elimination chambers that whoever wins it gets a title shot or something too so like that stipulation like can change year to year like sometimes yeah. like the titles on the line at chamber sometimes it's yeah. like a title shot is on the line it hasn't really been determined for this year yet 
I'm sure we'll know like very soon, but that can be done. That is in the cards. So they could have done that. You know, that's how Cody gets his like, well, you didn't get it at the rumble. Now you got to get it here. You know, I don't know. It just would have been more interesting. I just felt like it fell so flat, but Braun Breaker made a new fan out of me, man. I freaking, yeah. that dude is legit. Like I've heard of, I've heard the name plenty about him, but I watched it and I'm like, I didn't realize that he was, uh, was he Rick Steiner's son? Yeah. I actually did that learning that for the first time right now too. So yeah, my cousin go. told me that last night while we were watching. He's like, yeah, that's like Rick Steiner's son. I was like, wow, suddenly it all makes sense, dude. He looks exactly like Rick Steiner. Like that is a Steiner through and through. Those are some strong ass genes, but uh, minus the steroids. I think, uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, man, he kicked ass. Like he was so good. Like if he, if he was the Brock replacement, like they did, they did a great job of making him yeah. like putting him over big. Cause I was like, damn, that, I'm, it, they just made a new fan out of me with him. Um, the archery shit was hilarious. The hot tag was so fucking funny. Uh, also him, like uh, when, when uh, Miz was about to throw Dom out and then he like grabs Dom like a baby and it's just like, no, no, he's <laughs> don't throw him in. Don't throw him. He's mine. Um, that was great. Fucking uh, trying to think what else. Oh, also, yeah, if I if I may uh, uh, complain about Lashley's usage, I can't believe that they bring in a dude like Lashley and then have him get thrown out in like three seconds. Like, that's just the way that he's been treated since he's returned. I know. Like, dude, like go somewhere else. Go go to AEW and be like a god. Like, go yeah. go somewhere else. Like, and just get. Do you want to main event him. every single collision? Because you can. I mean, he he could be the face of Collision, man. He fucking yeah. good, but he could also be the face of that whole company. I mean, he's so freaking good. Like in the ring, he's so imposing looking. Like he just looks like a fucking champion. And WWE is just like they give him what one WWE two. title reign, two? two. Yeah, they gave him two like two years ago. Two, yeah, two. He was the ago. he was the one that Roman won the title from for this no, reign, right? He uh he beat Drew. And then he beat um, Brock because Roman interfered. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Brock went back like a couple weeks later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've I just like I want better for Lashley. He's been one of my favorites like ever since he debuted like back in like two thousand four or whatever. Like I've always followed his career around. He's so good. I was like, damn man. Like at least let him at least let him stick around for a couple minutes. <laughs> that was shitty. But yeah, it was. He Oh no, there were fun moments. I just I didn't totally love how th how things ultimately went in the rumble. I just thought it was very anticlimactic given the amount of hype they were throwing into it, which was like I don't know, maybe they set the bar a little too high. Like Survivor Series had such a gnarly ending, like yeah. for the last big four pay-per-view that it was like, oh shit, how are they gonna one up that? And then it was just like, oh, all right, it was a fine show. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I I think it kind of speaks to how bad the SmackDown roster is right now. Like basically the back half of the rumble which is all raw guys yeah like the last smackdown guy was theory at 13 Damn, so yo. crazy well i guess cody's about to be a smackdown guy so <laughs> yeah but as like he, it just moves over yep um it was just it just kind of felt like there wasn't enough surprises none of the guys that like made you really want to like get at your seat and be like oh shit and it kind of felt like with the women's rumble, even with it being limited, like Jay Cargill was an oh shit. Naomi was an oh shit. Liv Morgan at 30 was still like pretty solid. I it just the rumble just kind of felt like we knew Cody was winning and we knew Punk was in it. 
and that yeah. just uh, I I wish there was more like hype around it. I think if Brock was there, it would have been nice to see Brock, and it probably would have brought like some more excitement to it. But yeah, it just kind of fell flat. Yeah, I also I think everybody like in the if you're like knee deep in the community, it seems to be like a 50-50 split between like Gunther is going to be the winner and then Punk will be the winner. I didn't see many people calling for like a Cody back to back moment. So I thought yeah. like that kind of was that. a surprise. On our, on our so, sheet, I had that down and then I changed my mind to the rock because I let myself buy the hype, man. I but I You were the you were the only one with Cody, like yeah. at that point. Like I talked yeah. to a lot of people and like nobody was saying Cody. Everybody thought it'd be punk. So that was a surprise in itself, I guess. But I just don't think it was needed. Like I think you could have set up Cody Roman without him winning the rumble. Like I don't think you needed to have him win this rumble. I think he's already a proven candidate for that t- title. So that was interesting. I also like I was like under operating under the impression the whole day that like Gunther or Punk would win this, but we would kind of get set up the same way because I think if Gunther won, he would have challenged Seth. And then you have Cody Punk in like a non-title match, just like a a grudge match, if you will, and then Rock Roman, which just made a lot of sense. And now you have like this whole thing kind of throwing a wrench into that plan. And I don't know if like they'll do Rock at Mania. I don't know if that'll be a triple threat. It seems like that's not been ruled out. Like it seems that Meltzer reported that the triple threat was a possibility like two days ago and he didn't like backtrack that like that is still in the cards i would assume they could also just do rock in saudi or they can do it later maybe even like SummerSlam or something if they want to the berlin show the berlin show bash in berlin yeah i don't know what they want to do there i think they want to have like gunther look insane there i think they want to have gunther main event that show and I don't know, that's a good question for y'all. Where do you think, like, what's next for Gunther now? Because I had really thought, like, he was my pick. Like, he was my pick for a while. And I thought, like, this would be the, the thing that really ascends him from being this, like, elite mid-carder to being a bona fide main card guy, like, bona fide main event guy. And he looked good, but he didn't look amazing in this match. He didn't really have, like, some imposing crazy threat. But what do you think is next for Gunther? I have no idea. I think it was supposed to be Brock. It kind of totally. felt like it was going to yeah. be Brock and um, Gunther for the IC title, but yeah. I didn't think he was going to win the Rumble because he still had the, um, the Intercontinental Championship. So it's like, I don't know how you get that off of him and then have him go against Seth. Like I think they would have been willing to have him keep the IC belt and go at Seth with the I was IC gonna say, belt. Did they just have him relinquish it at a certain point? He could do that too. Yeah, that's also yeah. a possibility. Like that, that's like the ultimate power move too, to just be like, yeah. like they did that. They did that in AEW with Samoa Joe somewhat yeah. recently too, like where he was holding the ROH TV title. And then he's like, I just set a record for the longest reign ever. And by the way, I'm just throwing this title away because I want bigger things now. Like I'm going to go win a world championship now. And then he did. did. So they could I, I don't do think they would similar. bury it like that though. I think, they, I don't think WWE buries their titles like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I is he burying like, it though? Or is it, or is it him just saying I'm the greatest champion of all time and I'm secure in that someone else can do this. I want to be the, I want to be a, like a world champion now, yeah. but if he like, loses, everybody knows he what the belt out. is, you know what I mean? Like everybody knows it's the, the stepping stone belt. Like that's always been the stepping stone belt. So if he's like, well, nobody's good enough to beat me for it. So I'll just relinquish it and go after the belt I want now. Um, Cause otherwise like, like, yeah. are they going to have him hold both? Like, I think they would. Like, I don't think that was like that's impossible. And I think they've had champions like hold belt two belts at the same time before, and they would be willing to do it again. I also just don't think like the relinquishing the belt works in theory, but I think like they wouldn't have had Gunther like hold this belt for so long just to relinquish it. Like maybe if he had held it for like half as long as he has right now, 
that would make a little more sense. But now I think you just have to have like you're like wasting an opportunity now because wh- whoever does beat Gunther for this belt is going to look amazing. There's going to like be marketed as a top star threat type of person to be beat Gunther. And if you just haven't relinquished it, you're like wasting that opportunity. Like it just yep. goes away. I think Brock Bra- I mean, you you mentioned uh, Brock being this. Like, why can't Brock Breaker just be the next IC t- IC champ? Why can't he go after Gunther? They didn't really. Do they have an interaction? Do they have a face off? I'm not sure if they did, but I don't think it's, so. it's certainly like one. yeah, it's it's possible. Like it's not it's not a not a crazy idea. Don't you don't you risk sort of like weakening Gunther a little bit there then too though? Like if he loses to this guy who's like pretty green that like just got called up to the main roster or whatever, like now you're like weakening Gunther's like they, that's what I'm saying. Like if he relinquished it, then you can have Braun Breaker win it in like yeah. a little mini tournament or something like they put together a four-man tournament or something like that you know like, they just did the u.s title tournament which was awesome and it could yeah. perform really well so yeah so i mean there's there's potential for that if they want to do it but you know I, I just think that that's the ultimate way to like not take any of the any of the shine off the guy who set the record you know is like now it's like really hard to book his loss because no matter what now when he loses it's going to be like it all depends on who he loses to, how he loses it. Like he'd probably have to lose dirty at this point. Like he'd have yeah. to like, there'd have to be outside interference, like something like that. But then, you know, it's like, then you start the new champion off, not super clean, which fine, you know, if it, whoever it is, they can, they can resolve that. But I don't know. It's, it's a tricky situation. You always paint yourself into a corner when you like, like, it's cool to have a record breaking run, but I feel like they're running through the same thing with Roman a little bit too. Um, where it's like, who beats him now? And it seems like it's probably going to be Cody now. But like, finally, um, based off the fact that they're telegraphing it super hard. But like, it's it's just hard to have someone have a record-breaking run like that and then figure out how to stop it <laughs> without it yeah. looking bad for the person that has the record-breaking run then, I feel like. Do they have Gable? I think they might have Gable win it. I could see Gable winning it. Gable Stevenson or Chad Gable? Chad Gable, not okay. not the not the nasty man. Um, yeah. <laughs> which Chad I Gable thought would be in the Rumble, by the way, which didn't happen. I thought Gable Stevenson might show up, but nope. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I can see Chad Gable versus Gunther at WrestleMania, and that would be first of all that match would be fire. The TV match was great. Yep, and I know Chad Gable was like, I want to win it at all costs, and that could be like your long term booking thing, where it's like he took Gable to the uh, he took Gunther to the limit really, and. He he does have the only victory against Gunther. He beat him by DQ. Um, so I could see that match being random mania, and then you like you have Gable win it. And I mean, would you have a winner rematch for it though? I don't know. That's the weird part where it's like, if Gable wins it, do you have him beat Gunther twice? I can't yeah. see that happening. So I like, can't see it happening either. And like, it, it, if that does happen, one of them or both of them have to be like cheap. Yep, I think like you probably have to like a double count out or something like that. Yeah, and Is then it... you'd have Guther just go to the main event. Yeah, it's tricky. They kind of booked themselves into a corner, and you can even like see this with Roman too because he's held this for so long, and you run into some of the same issues that we're talking about here with Roman. Yep. Uh, what's your pick? Do you think Cody's finishing the story? Do you think he's winning this at WrestleMania 40? He has to. Like, you think so? He has. If he doesn't win it, then like everybody's checked out on that reign. Like you can't do this another year. Like, it was I think hard. You can. Get, it was hard to get through this year. I don't think it was hard to get through this year. Yes, like 
they had to have him work less matches because realistically you could only have him at like big four events. The bloodline story was not nearly as interesting as it was last year. Like last year it was legitimately like golden age wrestling stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. now you can't run it anymore because like what are you gonna do with Jimmy and Jay? Like, unless you were like Jimmy and Solo are fighting Roman Reigns, which would make no sense because Jimmy's fighting Jay. The only way this would have worked is like if they did the Bloodline Fatal Foray, which I think a lot of people wanted. I think we're gonna get it at some point. I, I can't. I'm, I can't see it now, though. That's the thing. Like, I can't see it for the title. I can I just think I've like been in this school of thought for a while, and I'm not gonna leave. Like, I think they wouldn't have gone this far with Roman if the plan was not to have Roman beat the Hulk record. And he's just too close right now to just pull the plug at this point. I don't think and they care about the Hulk record because I Hulk think they do. Pro- they're doing a promo for Hulk. They did. He was on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that was also that was so weird. Like the fact that Hulk was like the voice of the show and like have them do all these. Yeah, like, I don't promo think they spots. care about the Hulk record, dude. Yeah, that that does like throw a wrench into my theory. But I I just have been going by the report saying like, oh, we want to reset the record books and we don't want to have these old names like be our 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 record holders. And like, we're so close. Like all he has to do is hold it through September. That's really only nine months away, eight months away. Like we're almost there. And if you happen to just retain at WrestleMania, that's like two or three defenses at SummerSlam and whatever other, like maybe bash in Berlin or something. And then you're kind of free to have him lose. Maybe he loses it at rumble next year. Maybe he loses it at mania 41. Maybe he loses it at like uh survivor series in December. You can't or have him lose at nothing that he can't lose at anything other than mania. That's the problem. I'm not. I'm not married to that. I'm not married to that. I think he can take. I think he can take it off him at like one of the big four PLEs. It doesn't have to be Mania. But then Cody also looks like a geek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they have Cody do it in like a trilogy, in the end, <laughs> like in the, in the like well, third times a charm. Even though it's like it would be like one two in the series, but. I mean, I just like, can they continue having, it's not even just that Roman isn't wrestling a lot. It's he's not even appearing a lot. Like, yeah. can you really have like your top guy in the company only appear at like 12 shows a year going for like, I just don't think it's tenable. Like he, what do you wrestle this past year? Like four matches last like year, five matches. And then like only like 12 TV pairs. Right. I mean, it's just like. Yeah. At a certain point, it's like, well, what's what's he the champion of at that point? Like, he doesn't show – he's never there, you know? It's like – I don't know. I think they just need a, a – I think that he wants to do other things now. Roman does. It seems like he's finally, like, getting ready to kind of take his rock moment and – As he should. Like, really, yeah. as he should. Oh, yeah, he's earned it. I mean, and, you know, but, like, at this point, just, like, set him free, you know? Like, just be like, okay, we're taking the strap off you, like – the doors open whenever you want to come back, but like we just need someone who's going to be here a little more consistently. Like, yeah, and and I mean, like Cody I certainly is that. Like, Cody would be straight up like like the work rate champion. Like, I mean, he yeah. fucking wrestled like 150 matches last year. And um, probably do 200. it again. Like, yeah, it exactly. goes back to what I mentioned at the beginning of like this whole show. But when they were gave Bailey this, like, they're like rewarding the people who do work and they're rewarding the people who like put in the days and the hours for the company. And mm-hmm. Cody like has been that guy. Like he is the face of like every house show. He's done like so many SmackDowns, so many different Raw shows. And if you want to like create that culture where good re- good work is rewarded, it makes sense. Like put that title on Cody. And they, it's also like a for... big thing to show AEW free agents. Like, hey, look, Cody came over here and we made him like our biggest star. Mm-hmm. Jake came over here and we're making her our biggest star. Mm-hmm. And like even Andrade's got his moment. It's like punk. a good yeah, Punk also is a big one, but Punk is kind of a different one because he has his own like. Whole Punk thing had his own on. aura. Yeah, beforehand. his own. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. 
But it, it is just like it makes sense for a lot of different reasons to put it on Cody now. But it also makes sense if you want to just keep keep it on Roman and have him break that record. And like that's kind of where we're at. And like we've gone so far already that it wouldn't shock me if they just want to go all the way with this. There so. would be nobody left, dude. Like there's nobody who could. Here's who's me. left. Here's who's left. It would be like Lashley would get a shot. I think Nick Aldis would get a shot. I think they're teasing that already. I think they're planting the seeds for a Nick Aldis Roman Reigns feud at some point. Like that. Yeah, will but they're like happen. you have the GM versus the champion. It's thing. gonna happen. Nick Aldis like, is a fucking I think wrestler. it'll happen. I think it'll. Yeah. I think it'll fight at some point. But like for the championship, then it's just like if he wins and like the champion is the GM, like you're just booking yourself into such a deep I know, hole it's if so he retains. Yeah, and if he does, it's like Triple H like gets heart fusion surgery and he comes back to run it back (laughs) over time. Like that's the only thing that's like, it would have to be like you get Okada and MGF, and they appear in Raw after Mania, and they're both on SmackDown, and they both can challenge Roman. Like you have to have like guys lined up, and it needs to be like a year long plan. Yeah. Oh, by the way, can I can I can I go on my MJF? MJF was never going to show up at the show. Anyone who thought so, <laughs> okay, delusional. It was never going to happen. He a hundred percent, one thousand percent. He signed like probably like a five year contract after the the Wardlow incident. Like he signed a long ass deal. And I mean, the, like Tony, think about Tony Khan and everything you know about Tony Khan and how he's like has Brian Danielson fucking dropping the band hammer on people on Twitter and shit being like, you tweeted wrong about the company. Like I'm going to find you, you know, whatever. Like you think he would really be out there letting MJF be like, by the way, I'm a free agent at the end of the year. And, and, you know, before he turned face, he was being like, I'm going to walk out of here with this championship and go over to WWE and work for the other con, you know, whatever. They, he wouldn't have <laughs> fucking let him do that in a million years. Are you kidding me? His ego, ego is way too fragile to let MJF fucking talk like that on TV. Like he'll let him call him a piece of shit. As long as he knows that he's going to be staying on his roster. Like, but also MJF would, he would get ruined by WWE. They would not main event him period. Like, I don't know. Regardless of what they've done for Cody, I don't think he would get main event status in WWE. He gets stranded facing fucking Logan Paul all the time for the United States championship, which would be a great promo (laughs) battle, but that would be it. He, He would just be in the U S title picture and shit all the time. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let him be a world champion. They would give MJ the rocket strap. I don't think so. They're Dude, not. He's, I also, he's he's young Miz. They gave Miz a world title shot. They gave Miz a WrestleMania main event and had him yeah, retain. But like MJF, like I don't know. Even like his promo style and shit is not built for WWE. Like he's too crude. He's too like he takes too many like like deep shots at people and shit his, like his promos well, are like twitter rants okay like, yeah yeah mjf promos are the most overrated thing in the business like, uh, i love he's just MJF. like i love him i don't know about that like, that's he's a hot cool, thing but yeah. like dude his promos just like <laughs> incel joke that like only redditors would get that's I, mjf in a nutshell <laughs> some of them yeah i, I, mean, I get where you're coming from yeah I get it depends on the promo too though like he had that really bad one on jay white and then literally went on twitter and was like that promo sucked ass. I'm really sorry. I really got to do better. And then he came back and like put some fire promos together. Like he did some really good work. Granted, he needs to turn heel again, period. Like, I, and I don't know how they're going to fucking do it now. Now, whenever he comes back to AEW, he's going to be like even more face than before. Cause now it's going to be like MJF versus the world versus fucking Adam Cole's goon squad. But I don't know, man, it's, he was, he was not coming to WWE. That was not going to happen. Can um, I, can I explain why I thought it was a possibility? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. After the Punk return, which was where Tyrese and I at least are like so deep into like the reporting and so deep into like the spoilers, <laughs> and like nobody spoiled the nobody spoiled the damn Punk return. I dude, Sean Ross is fighting it. for his life. Yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh yeah, like, dude, he's not coming back." He's I don't yeah, know, like exactly he's coming back. So he's after that back. happened, I was like, "All right, I'm not ruling out any surprises with this because they pulled that shit off, and like they fucking like everybody got fucking fooled after that." So I was not ruling it out, and also. The Players' Tribune piece that he put out, which was amazing, by the way, if you're listening to this and haven't read the MJF Players' Tribune piece, it is phenomenal. But that piece, to, to me at least, it read like a farewell to AEW. And like he went through like all his great moments. He was like, oh, I had this title match, this like this happened, this happened. And like it really just felt like a, a zoom out and a deep breath and like this is the end of this chapter for me type of piece. Even though he didn't say that explicitly. It felt like he was closing the door on something and moving on to the next chapter in his life, which combined with like the punk return, combined with like the lack of reporting. I don't know. Just I wanted to be the one who predicted it. I wanted <laughs> to be the one who was like, he's coming. And I wanted to just have like on the 1% chance that it could have happened. I wanted to be the guy to have a victory lap. And uh, it didn't happen, but it will happen one year. I promise you it will happen. And I disagree with the fact that, like, he would get thrown in the mid-card. No, they would totally use the fuck out of him. And I think in this new era where we're not on linear TV anymore and we're on Netflix and there are rumors that they're going to TV 14, which I don't know if that's true or not, but even the fact that you don't have, like, a network breathing down your neck and you don't have to, like, really dot your T's, dot your I's and cross your T's with all these promos and stuff now, I think the MJF in Netflix era WWE will work and it will happen. So... Save this recording for the next three or four years, whenever it happens. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I for for what it's worth, the Players Tribune piece to me read more like he knew he was losing the strap, and like yes, was just. Yeah. I mean, you could tell even at the beginning of that match with Samoa Joe, like he came out and like you know you could play it as like, oh, he was just taken in the adulation of like his Long Island crowd and whatever. But like he came out and like even during introductions when when they did like and you know you're world champion M. J F and the whole crowd did the the chant like you can see him like almost start to fucking cry and I'm like yeah that's it was obvious he knew he's like okay well this has been a great run but I'm really injured like I have a torn labrum and all this other shit and like I need to get surgery and fucking be out for a while and like you know I think that was what he was emotional about and that was probably what he was feeling during the Players Tribune piece too um we'll see I'm not ruling out him going in a couple years I do think yeah. right now though there was no shot it was gonna happen. it was like the most yeah. obvious work ever like, I got I got a little ahead of myself but yeah yeah most I, like the whole thing the whole Adam Cole story like they've it, I feel like MJF would not want to leave and have that be the end of that story and like he's such like a like a storyline invested person like it's very obvious that he had his fingerprints over his whole story last year like that he got yeah. a lot of creative control and he definitely because he's very like he's very ruthless aggression wwe type like thought process with how to like build his stories and stuff like that like i feel like uh, the way that he does things is very similar to how things were done like there's a lot you see a lot of repeated like motifs from that era that are coming up during his run in AEW, which is part tony khan too because he loves to just like redo old wwe stuff but yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. We'll we'll see. Maybe maybe MJF will be in next year's Rumble, but there would have to be some sort of resolution to what's going on in AEW first. But I would be surprised if he leaves AEW in the next like three years. Yeah, because I think he's gonna okay. stick there. 
Yeah, I think like when he's thirty or so, like he probably might yeah. make the jump for a couple of years, and then he'll probably come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he might be one of those guys right now, right? Yeah, yeah I think he's twenty-seven. Yeah, okay. so like three years from now, yeah, maybe he hits thirty, and then is like, okay, I want to try WWE now, and then you know, as long as, long as AEW survives, which I sure as hell hope it does, because it's so much more fun having two companies and like robust free agency. Like, I feel like it forces everybody to be better. That was why I stopped watching WWE and wrestling for a long time was because WWE got so bad because they were just complacent. Like they're just yeah. like, oh, we can put whatever the hell we want on TV and nobody cares. Like, which was true. Know. Like nobody, yeah. they had nobody breathing down their neck and they had no yeah. reason to like create a great product. So yeah, and, like if you read that player Tribune piece, like MJF talks about it. He's like the fact that like there is somewhere else. I don't want to quote him like indirectly, but he was like the fact that there is a place for wrestlers to go and like compete and not have to be WWE and like have and get their money's worth really and get paid for what they are worth to do. It's like a big fucking deal. Like what he, what he said in the piece and he's right. Like he is totally like, he grew up wrestling fan. He knows this business so well for a 27 year old. And like, he knows the value of AEW just in the industry as a, as a whole. And yeah, it's, it's just great to have somebody like him in the space. I can't wait to see what's in store for him in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully a big year for him. Hopefully he gets better soon. Yeah, him and him cool. and Julius Randle both with those labrums. <laughs> and CM Punk, if possible. And CM Punk, if he tore something. What What if he just shows up in the Raw after Mania? Just, <laughs> all of this for him to just show up in there and just be like, my name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. What would they change his name to? They would definitely change like one thing about it. Because WWE would be like, well, we want to license the hell out of you. So we're going to make you change your name. <laughs> Like or something, unless he's already licensed him. Yeah. What if they just stuck with like if they drop the MJF and just leave him as Maxwell Jacob Friedman? Like his name is just Maxwell Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Well, his name actually isn't that. His middle name is different. Like his real middle name. What is Uh, it? It's Maxwell. Hold on, I'll look it up. It's it's not actually Jacob. Uh, Maxwell Tyler Friedman. Is MTF? MTF. You imagine he shows up at WWE. He's like, oh, MTF. Maybe he like switches the Burberry scarf, like a Louis Vuitton scarf instead. Yeah. Get, I'm, I'm, I'm MTF with the Louis scarf. Starts wearing Gucci or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. I don't know. Is there anything else that we we missed from this Rumble show? This I think we got through everything. This was fun. No. Anything else that's itch, you're itching to cover? Oh. Also, oh no, wait. Damien Priest being an idiot. Yeah. Damien Priest is for every PLA. It feels like. Dude, why? Yeah. Why? Like, why he, he should have cashed in Monday, and he didn't cash in Monday. Like, he's a, he has to be one of the worst yeah. uh, money in the bank holders. Do you guys think they're gonna have him all? cash in uh, on one of the mid card titles? Like, it's uh, possible. Like Theory did for the like, U.S. title. Like, does he get IC title from Gunther? I mean, that would be interesting. I, I don't know. Like, I guess that I would lose. be that would be one way to take it off Gunther without weakening him at all. And creating a new champion that looks all right. Like if they have him fight a hard fought match against someone and then, you know, he like comes out, you know, barely wins and then fucking Priest comes in and cashes in and beats him that way. I don't know. I'm low on Priest. Like I just don't think he's a title yeah. guy. Like I don't think you could put an IC title on him. You can't put a WWE title on him, definitely. And I, I think he will fail his cash in whatever belt it happens to be on. And he'll just be a Judgment Day side character. That's just he's what he Puerto is. Rican Baron Corbin. Yeah, and like Baron Corbin sucks. Like I'm sorry, there are like oh, Baron whoa, Corbin fans whoa, out there. No, whoa. I'm not in on Baron Corbin. Whoa. I'm done. I'm done. You're not rocking with the Lone Wolf. I'm not. I'm not rocking with the, rocking with the Lone Wolf. Dude, Baron Corbin is so no. good. His role being like the vet in NXT 
great. Just he's stay it. Just stay it. there. Yeah, he's fine as like the vet in NXT who would never is going to get called up. You can stay there forever. That's he great. Has, okay, that's aura though. Like where sure. has some sure. actual aura. Like if it's he's, actually if, he's he's so solid, dude. If being the boring vet in in NXT for like he's three, not even boring. Years, no, he's boring as shit. I'm done with Baron Corbin. That's dude, it. Deep like he has some of the the best moves in the company. Like deep six fire. End of days. Fire. End of days I, is cool. end, of, end of days has always been cool. That's fine. I'll give it to him on that. He's got some cool finishers. Like he's been moving better too and everything. Like he's he's don't disrespect Baron Corbin, dude. <laughs> Baron Corbin could give you an, a US championship run right now if you told him. And every person in the crowd will be like, What the fuck is this? Like, why the hell is Baron Corbin here? That's what will happen. Like, stop. But no, like, right. I think the thing with Priest is just like he's not he's not gonna be able to cash it in. And if he does cash it in, nobody wants him to win it. So it just kind of feels like it's a waste. And then Judgment Day as a whole just has nothing to do. Yeah. All right. Well, we're here. The Royal Rumble happened. It is officially the road to WrestleMania. We will, maybe we'll see. Maybe the next, maybe the episode one of this pod will be after Mania. That makes sense. You know, that'd be good, good timing. That'll be the next uh, big. What about after one. Revolution? Excuse me. I mean, I am a. You're the one who's like in the weeds of AEW. I will probably watch that on a legal stream. I bet you. Be, okay, be I'm gonna. Make, out. I'm gonna make a revolution prediction. I bet you that uh, Mercedes Monet Sasha Banks is in AEW by then. Maybe debuts then, and I I bet you Okada is gonna debut there as well. I don't think he's going to WWE. I think that's bullshit. Just- I hope uh, so for the sake of AEW. I think yeah. they need they need that star power and they need to have like young star power like yeah. Sasha and Okada because having like the rated R superstar Adam Copeland is only going to do you so much. I mean, dude, we, they have Will Ospreay already coming yeah, in. Yeah, Will Ospreay, that's true. In, in my opinion, best professional wrestler in the world. Best wrestler since 2005, AJ Styles. He's he, so fucking he, good. So yeah, if you know him, you know him, but I don't think he carries like the star power name he's, of like he's going to get over or, huge yeah. in he AW. Will, Dude, he's going yeah. to be nonsensically huge in AW. Yeah. His promo style is so fucking good where yeah. he just yells at people and calls them bruv all day and then fucking flips on their head. So fucking, I fucking love that dude, dude. I'm so excited for him to debut in AW. So that will be happening on the Road to Revolution, too, which should be a big deal. But then Sting's last match, too. That's a big deal. Yep, that's uh, watch the young, big deal. Sting's last match where the Young Bucks are going to win the tag titles off Sting in his last match, which is going to be kind of gross. <laughs> but it'll be fun to talk about. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we also have plenty of work from the Strickland coming out, and we'll continue to come out over the next months and years and forever. And uh, you can catch Tyrese on the rundown. You can catch Alex on Locked On Knicks. I didn't even mention that in the beginning. That's like your whole thing. You can also catch him on the studio, which you don't ever plug on this, but yeah, it does exist. Yeah. yeah, He's a celebrity superstar with Marquez and the gang over there. Uh, Tyrese, you can see him on the rundown later. Me, you will see me on the Twitter and maybe on various video outlets for the Strickland. But that was it. That was Strictly Wrestling Episode Zero. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Tyrese. Thank you, Alex. Any last words? Our truth no. is a national treasure. I, cool. I agree. Our truth is a national treasure. <laughs> All right, we're out of here, y'all.